I want to talk to you a little bit about Built Bar. Pat or Stu's been on the Built Bar uh, kick because of his wife for quite some time. Yeah, she's the one that, at least in our little circle, that kind of first discovered them and uh, yeah. and, and turned on Tanya, and then Tanya turned on you, and it was it was really a, a cycle. Now it's everywhere here. I mean, everyone eats them around here because they're the best protein bars. They're low in calories, high in protein, and more importantly, delicious. I made the mistake of bringing them home and. <laughs> Letting the family near them. Oh, you can't do that. No, I can't get any. No. You can't. So, you no, can't. You just can't get I mean, them. it's amazing. You have to keep your stash hidden. <laughs> yes, you do. Uh, BuiltBar.com. BuiltBar.com. Use the uh, promo code BEC15 and you're going to save 15% off your order. It's BuiltBar.com. They're really good, very healthy, and can help you lose weight. Welcome to the program. It is Wednesday. Our Wednesday night special tonight is something you cannot miss. How the financial uh, institutions of America are changing capitalism and will affect your bottom line. Join us. Become a member at Blaze TV. Use the promo code control. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. We'll see you tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern. Coming up, Laura Logan. You know her. She is a uh, reporter that has absolutely no agenda. She is just looking for the truth. She used to be with uh, CBS. Uh, She's now on her own. She's done a recent show for Fox Nation uh, covering the border. And I wanted to talk to her about what she's learned on the border. And I want to concentrate on the southern side of the border. What is life like? right on the border with all of these drug cartels. What are we enabling? Laura Logan joins us in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. So the only thing better than cooking uh, any of your food on a Rectech is eating the food that you've cooked on the Rectech. It's nice. It has smart grill technology. It takes care of everything from start to finish. I've never burned a meal there. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's all great. That's still work. I want to eat the food and it is so delicious. You can smoke, you can bake, you can grill. It is just fantastic. I want you to a B compare, um, your Rectech grill with anything else. Go to home Depot or wherever you buy grills and look at all of the best grills, pick one out, then go to the website, R E C T E Q.com and AB compare. There is absolutely no comparison. This is the belt, the best built grill out there. Now, how come they can be competitive with the other grills? Because they're not paying Home Depot to have their grills sit right there. They don't have the middleman. So they pour all of that money into the grill. That's what makes them so great. They can afford to be much, much better. It's Rectech, R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. That's Rectech. Dot com. 
Laura Logan, previously working for CBS News as their chief foreign affairs correspondent, contributing editor to uh, 60 Minutes. She left there in 2018. She's an award-winning investigative journalist. She uh, is currently on her own and has a show, Laura Logan, has no agenda on Fox Nation. Hello, Laura. How are you? Hey, Glenn. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. Good to talk to you again. So, Laura, I wanted to bring the boys in, Pat and Stewart, with me, and we wanted to talk to you about what you've seen on the border and particularly what this administration is enabling, how we are growing the drug cartels and what life is like. What does a drug cartel even mean right on our border? Uh, Well, it's very interesting, Glenn, because most people in the U.S. think of the cartels as the drug organizations of the 1970s, who really um, pioneered, you know, smuggling marijuana over the border and uh, were part of distributing that across the U.S., bringing it to the Northeast. And, um, And in fact, what's happened over the last few decades, especially, is that the cartels have transformed. They've diversified into many other different forms of, of revenue, and they have also become um, completely unrecognizable from the old drug organizations of old. Gone are the Pablo Escobar days. What you're looking at today are the most violent and powerful criminal, criminal organizations on the face of the earth. That's not an overstatement. That is literally what you're dealing with. They have militarized. Many of them uh, get training from special operations uh, forces in other countries like Guatemala, and uh, they also have so much money that they can stay far ahead of law enforcement in any country, both in terms of surveillance, counter-surveillance, operational security, and of course, you know, weapons, and um, and also their ability to function in terms of, you know, what they do to move uh, narcotics and weapons and everything else that they need to move. Um, they also have made strategic partnerships with people like the Chinese, um, U.S. adversaries like Hezbollah and other terrorist organizations, and And um, what we've been doing, while they've been at war with us, we've basically been asleep at the wheel. Um, There are individuals who have have tracked this, who have seen the transformations of the cartels, both in their reach globally, because they now control more than 90% of the global trade in narcotics, but also in terms of their capabilities. And, uh, And we are not paying attention to that. We're still using the old law enforcement model, to, which is basically where U.S. jurisdiction ends at the U.S. border. And so we have to go to the Mexican government and we have to ask them on their terms to allow us to operate and uh, take action against the cartels. Well, today the cartels are so powerful, they function as a shadow parallel government and they give their orders to the Mexican government. So what do you think has happened to that? Well, just in the last few months, precisely at the very moment that the Biden administration opened up the U.S. border, the Mexican government doubled down on their sovereignty, and they stripped all U.S. agents of immunity from prosecution, and they also um, made it law for all Mexican uh, law enforcement officials to have to go through a fusion cell in the foreign office in order to have any contact and interaction with U.S. law enforcement, which, of course, you know, that's that's a death knell for cooperation and for informants and 
you know, for everything that goes along with prosecuting the cartels. So that should tell you where the Mexican government is, and it certainly doesn't explain where where the Biden administration is, because they, um, like all the administrations before them, allow the border to be defined in terms of immigration and completely leave national security out of the conversation. Lara, is there any is there any realistic way for us to stop this without the help of the Mexican government? Not if you use a law enforcement model, because when you have no jurisdiction, you're at the mercy of of the country whose sovereign territory you're asking to operate on. And so they have to be motivated to do it. And look, there's more than 30,000 Mexican civilians who are massacred every year in Mexico by the cartels. And that's just the bodies that the Mexican government, you know, owns up to or knows about, right? There's um, there's Mexicans buried in unmarked uh, mass graves all across the country. Mm. I mean, everyone knows that the violence of the cartels is like nothing that anyone has ever seen before. I mean, it even pales in comparison to uh, sometimes, at times, to what... um, uh, terrorist groups like ISIS have done, although some of the tactics are very similar. You know, they're on your knees in front of guys with guns being beheaded. And in fact, the cartels, it's not enough just to behead you. They've got to pull out sledgehammers and obliterate every, you know, last mm. little piece of your skull. And that's tame compared to removing your heart and your limbs while pumping your body full of heroin to keep you alive so that you can watch yourself Oof. being, you oh know, systematically gosh. dismembered. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, and that's, you know, all the time. That is not an exaggeration. It is all across Mexico. It is all the time. And 98% of murders in Mexico go uninvestigated. That's not unprosecuted, Glenn. That is uninvestigated. So what does that do? It basically tells you that they operate with impunity. So the, the, you know, the, the law enforcement guy, the policeman, the Marine, the National Guardsmen who are trying to do the right thing, um, who, you know, who are not in the pocket of the cartels, what chance do those guys have? They've got no chance. You know where they end up? Well, in wait, one of those wait, unmarked who's, graves. Who, who are these 30,000 people? I mean, because people will think, oh, that's crime on crime. Who are the 30,000 people that are getting killed? Well, it can be anyone. I mean, if you're in their way, you know, they, they just kill you because they don't, there's no consequences for any of this. So it can be women, it can be children. In fact, so many women have been killed in Mexico that Human Rights Watch had to come up with a term to describe it, which was femicides. That, you know, we'd never, ever seen so much crime and such violent crime against so many women. So, uh, and there was a point at which the bridge at Juarez, which is just across from El Paso, Texas, was absolutely plastered with the faces of these missing uh, girls, you know, who are missing because their bodies are often uh, never found or they're melted in vats of acid or they're, you know, chopped into pieces and thrown to the dogs. I mean, there's no regard for the living or for the dead. And uh, as, as a father... Um, just said to me recently after his uh, daughter-in-law and um, grandchildren were burned to death in the Mormon family in Mexico. I mean, he said to me, I never understood what it meant to have a body. I never understood what it meant to be able to say goodbye. He said, my son came to nothing. He came back here to find his wife and three of his uh, of his children uh, burned to ashes, you know. I mean, and so that's that's what life is like for many people living in Mexico. Yes, um, some of the violence is cartel on cartel, but even that, you know, I mean, when your options are 
a lifetime in the dirt in a village in Mexico, or you're, you know, or you're going to do what the cartel tells you and, and take money home to feed your family. It's not even calling it cartel, cartel violence doesn't quite explain the reality for everybody. And something that's got very little notice uh, from I- any news agency is the fact that they're also killing political candidates. This year alone, uh, oh, yes. 18 have been murdered uh, thus far. Uh, and the elections are coming up, I think, in June. So it's not even safe to be a candidate for office. Oh, no. it's In fact, that's one of the most dangerous um, professions in Mexico, along with journalists and criminal investigators, right? And it's actually really interesting that you raise that, because it's a very significant point that is constantly overlooked in the conversation about the cartels. There's a big, you know, there's a big tug of war going on between how you fight this, how you take this on. And of course, there are a lot of very good people within Homeland Security Investigations and the DEA and other agencies who have given their entire lives to fighting this. And they've done amazing work. But the reality is that you're using a model that is not effective against the the nature of the threat posed by the cartels. I mean, these are fully militarized organizations. They're extremely uh, well-disciplined, and they have unlimited resources, you know? So this is not... Uh, this is not something that you can that you can continue to fight with the same model that over that has seen the transformation of the cartels on your watch. And so, one of the solutions offered is that the cartels should be designated as uh, foreign terrorist organizations because now you shift uh, jurisdiction to the Department of Defense and you change the nature of what it is you're able to bring to the fight. And, of course, the Mexican government, you know, how do you know the cartels don't want that? Well, because the Mexican government, when it was raised as a possibility by the Trump administration, went absolutely out of their way uh, to do everything possible to stop that from happening. And why do I raise this as an answer to your question? Well, very simply this. The argument against designating the cartels as foreign terrorist organizations is that they don't have any ideology, and therefore they don't meet the standard. Well, it's interesting because there's no doubt that they terrorize people on a daily basis. There's no doubt that they use uh, terror and fear as an intimidation tactic and also carry out violent criminal acts. But there's also no doubt if you look at the number of politicians being targeted, that they um, seek to install their own government in Mexico. The fact that the ideology of that government is just really money and power, well, mm-hmm. you know, how different does that make them to a whole bunch of people all over the world in government? Correct. Um, Lara Logan, uh, if you'll hold on for just a second, we're talking to Lara, what she discovered down on the border, and in particular, uh, when we come back, I'd like to talk to her about the people who are running the operation to get all of these uh, Mexican children across the border and uh, who's doing that? Why are parents allowing that to happen on the other side? And what are the consequences in the the uh, drug cartels? What's happening to them because of that and what's coming our way? We'll do that here in 60 seconds. You might be sick and tired of hearing me talk about gold, which is good news. It means I've done my job, but I let history use uh, be the tool to look back and learn from with the hope that maybe some of us can present prevent the disaster from striking again, at least in our own homes. 
either way, you want to protect what you have. There is a really easy way to do this. You know the old saying, buy low and sell high. Well, right now, if you're buying gold, you're buying low. Seven months ago, gold was hovering at 2100 an ounce. The price is consolidated by a few hundred bucks to uh, uh, an ounce, which makes right now the best buying opportunity in almost a year. If you listen to today's radio program, um, go back and listen on the podcast. In hour number one, I told you what I believe is coming with the U.S. dollar and the timing of it. And it is going to happen faster than anyone really realizes. If you really want to be prepared, listen to the podcast today in hour number one. Make sure you don't miss that. Uh, and then you'll probably understand why I would say, please call Goldline now. Self-directed IRA uh, account specials are happening. They have physical delivery. Um, they've helped me. They can help you. Just call 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE. They're standing by to take your call now. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Let's stop for 10 seconds, then back to Laura Logan. Lara, we say what we have on our border is a humanitarian crisis because the United States is keeping these these people and these children in uh, in you know makeshift cages, makeshift jail. Um, that's not the humanitarian issue that I'm really concerned about. I'm concerned about what's happening to these kids and these families before they get here when they start dealing with a drug cartel and after they leave us well the way i look at it is this if you're going to care about if you're going to make the border all about the humanitarian issue then then you have to be consistent and so you have to look at the humanitarian issue all the way as you just mentioned you can't be selective about it of course in the last administration uh the press and also elected officials were extremely selective about it because they made a big deal about the cages which uh, were built by the Obama administration and were chain link fence is how it got the name and the uh, border patrol used chain link fence because they said for the safety and security of everyone inside they needed to be able to um, see what was happening inside the holding facilities and of course now there's no outrage over the fact that they're still being held and in the same conditions and in the same facilities that um, that are not built to house people long term but there are so many um, you know it's interesting that you that you, you talk about that because there are people in Mexico um, one woman that I know who work with uh, migrants and uh, families and people along their journey when they get to Mexico and of course the conditions are terrible I know a Border Patrol um, agent who just saved someone from being raped just a few weeks ago there's um, there's uh, reports today. Um, in fact, I just received it from a law enforcement source down there of a, a baby, a few months old, that was rescued from the river after the smugglers threw yep. her in. And they, uh, they uh, are reported to have uh, beaten her mother and, um, uh, and broken her leg. So, um, I mean, there is, there is no doubt 
Um, I've spoken to so many different agents who tell me stories of women, a pregnant woman once, who had been raped so many times along the way. They they took her, the agent took her to the hospital and he said she didn't want to let go of him because he was literally the first person she'd seen in months who wasn't abusing her. And so some of these agents form, you know, relationships with mm. some of these people just where they, they check on them and, and keep in touch. I mean, we, we've done something really, truly evil as a nation um, over the last few years. We have demonized every Border Patrol um, agent for political purposes, not because it was real, not because it was honest, not because of the humanitarian issues, but for political reasons. And to me, I don't know, I'm... I, I don't, I'm not a person that has all the answers. If I had answers, I would be, you know, in government or in policy or whatever. I wouldn't be a journalist. My, I'm really good at pointing out all the problems, but mostly because my job is to figure out what it's really like. The conditions along the way are terrible. There's no question about that. The number of rapes um, are extraordinary. The uh, the violence, and it's not just women who are raped. It's also men. But and and then the you know the conditions in the facilities they're not great, but you're going to cross someone's border, you're going to be put in um, some form of holding facility or uh, detention facility if you cross anyone's border illegally. Most people, though, in the U.S., I'll tell you, the vast majority coming over that border right now are being released into the U.S., and their airfare is being paid, and um, and they're being given massive amounts of assistance. And don't be fooled, you know, when you hear that NGOs and humanitarian organizations are helping. That is true. But many of those organizations get money, get federal funding mm-hmm. uh, for yeah. that purpose. So your tax dollars are being paid and used an extraordinary amount of taxpayer money. And I, I don't say that, you know, I'm a person who my heart breaks when I see these children and these families and the the mothers and the fathers, right? I'm not a person uh, that only thinks it's only the women that matter or only the women that suffer. You know, I mean, human suffering is painful for me. But at the same time, I'm also very much aware that there is a huge amount of suffering in the U.S., Already, the uh, the response of the government to the uh, coronavirus has really created yeah. in this country a devastating economic <sighs> situation, and uh, and there is you know there's a lot of people in this country who are going through similar things to people down yeah. um, at the southern crossing the southern border. Lara Logan, thank you so much. Lara Logan has no agenda. The name of the show on Fox Nation. Thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you again, my friend. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Terry lives in Ohio. She has two border terriers, Tilly and Tucker. And uh, I get it. It's Terry, Tilly, and Tucker. It's an alliteration thing. She writes in about their experience with Rough Greens. She she said, uh, my two dogs have been on Rough Greens for four months. I'm no longer longer able to give Tilly an allergy pill uh, because... She doesn't need it. She previously needed it. I stopped a probiotic, probiotic that I was using because green uh, rough greens already has it. Tilly's fur is less greasy, smells better, and Tucker, who wasn't eating much at all, now has a great appetite. Rough greens has paid for itself by allowing me to discontinue the other products. I uh, felt I had to give a great review because it's the one product that does exactly what it says it will do. Thank you, rough greens. Thank you, Terry. Um, Rough Greens has helped my dog, Uno, Pat's dog, Stu's dog. You will see a difference. Right now, they want to give you a free bag 
just a trial bag just to make sure that your dog will eat it uh it's a bag of rough greens for your dog just to try out all you pay for is shipping go to roughgreens.com slash beck r-u-f-f-greens.com slash beck or call 833-GLEN-33 all right, head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is control. Save 20% off your subscription to Blaze TV. Um, you know, this voting situation gets more and more racist every day. Every day. The racism is high yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, fat, it's ugly. Yeah. It's ugly and it's high. Very ugly, very high. And, and worse than that, Pat. Mm-hmm. Uh, as Rolling Stone informed us yesterday about the Georgia voting laws that are going into effect, voter suppression is violence. Right. That's mm-hmm. why Republicans like it so much. Uh, yeah, that's right. Because right? they like violence. Yeah, they love violence. Uh, they're love subtitled it. Georgia's barbaric new restrictions. Not only <laughs> barbaric. <laughs> like, wait, what are we talking about here? I like this. So, going through what is actually in these Georgia in the Georgia voting bills. Yeah. Okay? What do they actually do? ABC News has a breakdown of all they the kill things people, they do. right? Now, well, it's violence. We know that from Rolling yeah. Stone. So they obviously kill people. So ABC News goes through this. Here's here are the things. Are you ready for the hatred and the violence? I I don't know. Can you get ready? I don't know if you can for this. I don't think so. The bill would expand early voting for primary and general elections, but not for runoffs. Oh, I just about threw up. That was so awful. <laughs> up a little bit is that violence though when you're expanding (laughs) voting early Uh uh-huh for the general election and for primaries but just not for runoffs that's (laughs) violence 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 Violence. yes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's where how do you suppress votes by expanding the amount of time you can vote because you're only expanding it Mm. really for white people well that's what that's about not exactly in the bill okay but Okay, how about this? For primaries and general elections, counties would be required to have advanced voting on both Saturdays and have the option to do it on the two Sundays that fall in the three-week period. Current law only mandates one Saturday of early voting. (laughs) So now... Again, that's kind of expanding. Yeah, from one Saturday to a guaranteed two Saturdays plus (laughs) optional two Sundays. So you go maybe Mm. from one day in this in this range to four days of voting in this range that's violence <laughs> i hope i hope you can feel the violence on that now it gets worse though pat secure ballot drop boxes are not explicitly sanctioned under current state law and this bill would change that but it would also implement new restrictions on their use compared to what voters experienced in the 2020 cycle unless there's a health emergency drop boxes could only be inside advanced voting locations and only accessible when those locations are open. That's wow. Right. So you you can't you can't you can't use them when they're closed? Is that what they're right. saying? Yes, that is what they're saying. Now, to be clear, we just went through an election where they were used. However, they were not sanctioned by law. Okay, so that mm-hmm. might be a problem the beginning of all of this perhaps you should only be allowed to vote in places that are sanctioned by law but that's a totally it's a, that's a totally different thing so now this thing says okay the ballot drop box thing we're going to continue that 
It helps people vote. We're going to continue doing that. The only thing we're not going to do is say, you know, leave them outside unattended 24 hours a day. <laughs> right? Like, that seems to me to be a rational sort of line that you should maybe have to go to a place where there are people maybe watching them. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe at 3.13 a.m., Maybe that's not the right time to vote. I, <laughs> you want them watched so that the watcher can stop minorities from no. putting their vote in there? No, no. Is that what you want? No, I. I that's not what I want. <laughs> They're actually taking the ballot boxes, okay. codifying them in the law, uh-huh. and then taking the minor security step of not leaving them outside 24 hours a day. That, my friend, is violence. Violence. Voter suppression is violence. All right, next up, we have, I mean, it starts to get really hateful. The bill would require voters to provide their driver's license or state ID number or well, there you go. a photocopy of another accepted identification if the elector lacks those. And as we all know, minorities don't have IDs, <laughs> so you're suppressing their vote. You're telling them, wait, don't come here because we don't want your vote. Minorities don't have IDs. They don't have IDs. Well, could they get IDs? No, they can't. They don't know where the DMV is. Could we tell them? Could we, we can map tell quest them, but it apparently them? they can't keep it in their heads because they don't show up at the DMV to get their uh, ID. So no minority has a driver's license? No. No, they don't have well, driver's license. Well, can't they licenses? just go on the internet and, and figure out? No, that- they don't know how to get on the internet. Remember, we've, <laughs> we, were in, we were specifically told uh, by the president... Mm. That they don't know how to get online, but that's only minorities who live in the urban areas and in rural areas. So people in the suburbs can get online. Apparently suburban minorities (laughs) can't get online. Others have to have a white person present to help them. <laughs> and there's really? not always going to be a white person there to help you out. So you, so, and that's the that's the problem. <laughs> that's should problem. we should we consider assigning white chaperones to um, African Americans, Hispanics, Asians, so we can kind of walk them through the basic elements of life that they need to be able to vote and get a driver's well, license? Well, then you're subjecting them to the 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 nastiness <laughs> of whitey. Oh, and yeah, I don't know terrible. if you can have that. You don't want can't this. Isn't that. racist at all, by the way? No. Uh, what the president is saying here. It's it's totally okay to say that black people can't use the internet. Right. That's How a totally okay thing. That? That, that is so racist yeah. to assume minorities don't have IDs mm-hmm. and they can't get on the internet. What? Are you, <laughs> what? How do they get away with this? I don't by, know. By the way, uh, know. you know who doesn't think it's racist to have uh, black people have IDs at the polls? Black, black people. people. They, they, mm-hmm. Minorities across the board. It's like eighty percent or something. Yeah, I've got this. I've got the polls here. This is a overall. Uh, do you favor voter ID laws? Overall. 80% favor them. It literally is 80%. 80%. 19% oppose them. My gosh. This is one of the most uniting policies in our public discourse. Everybody approves of voter ID. How do ID. they get away with this voter ID nonsense then? I don't know. How do the Democrats get away with that? I don't know. Um, when you break it down by parties, mm. Republicans, 95% approve it. Independents, 83% approve it. And even 63% of Democrats oh, approve wow. voter ID. When you go to, uh, uh, by race, white, 81% approve it. Non-white, 77% approve it. So this is a universally popular policy. Name another issue with those kinds of numbers. You probably can't. You probably can't. I mean, there's... 80% of people don't agree on anything. (laughs) I know. They can't agree we went to the moon. Right. And and by the way, the the complaint constantly 
is that this is going to do we have the clip of um is, is where are we do we have the clip of uh the um the new york we gotta get we get to this new york times the daily thing because they they're, mm-hmm. they're always the most annoying <laughs> example of all of this um but, no but there is a does it mean that their voter suppression will always get rid of minority voters when you have this voter id thing does it does it mean that minorities don't show up at the poll a uh, joint study from an Italian professor and a professor from Harvard found, quote, using a difference in differences design on a 1.6 billion observation panel data set from 2008 to 2018, we find that the laws have no negative effect on registration or turnout overall or for any group defined by race, gender, yeah. age, or party yeah. affiliation. Yeah, but, but other what than that, was this, it's violence. But what was the sample size? Yeah, well, what was the sample just size? Just the 1.6 billion. They didn't have 5 billion. Yeah, but uh, that's like a made-up number. <laughs> 1.6 billion? <laughs> well, I mean, obviously people vote. But you're talking about all the elections in a 10-year period. Wow. Combine them all together, and, and there's a lot of different actions in there. There's primary votes. There's all sorts of things. It doesn't show any. Mm. There's no effect to this. So if the Republicans are trying to limit votes by the using these policies, they are failing miserably. It doesn't work uh and i don't think that's the reason they're doing it anyway but still this okay, is the way this but works they, all right but there was 1.6 billion in the sample size so obviously <laughs> it's stable-ish right uh as a <laughs> as a sample but yeah. again what i heard i didn't hear that they were covering the things that the that the republicans want to do yeah i mean give me that list again i mean uh, uh, of all the things they want to do no, give me the list again of, of what this uh, research shows. Oh, uh, yep. It's uh, we find the laws have no negative effect on registration or uh-huh. turnout overall or for any group <laughs> defined by race, gender, <laughs> age gender. or party affiliation. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But other than that, what about <laughs> if they're from outer space? Uh, they didn't even test it. They don't even care. They don't right. even care. They the don't. Hate. They don't care. Yeah, the it's bad. Now, you it's guys, bad. though, the, the big story here is not any of this voter ID stuff. It's the fact that Republicans want to de- dehydrate voters. Oh, my gosh. I can't take it. it. Oh, I love in this. line at the polls. This I love. This is fantastic. So here is the actual uh, <laughs> language of the law. No person shall solicit votes in any manner or by any means or method, nor shall any person distribute or display any campaign material, nor shall any person offer or give or participate in the giving of any money or gifts, including but not limited to food and drink to an elector. They want you to thirst to death yes. right in the line mm-hmm. when you're trying mm-hmm. to vote. That's what they w- <laughs> you thirst to death and just fall over dead. They don't care. Oh, it's they ba- don't care these Republicans. I got to give you this clip from the Daily. This is from the New York Times <laughs> the Daily podcast about the voter suppression. This is voter suppression 1. So, there's been third party groups that will sometimes come and bring food and water to those people who are waiting in line for hours on end in the in the blistering Georgia heat. Blistering. Now this law hours on end. would ban those groups from bringing food <gasps> no. and water and other assistance no. to voters waiting in hours long lines. I Nick, once waited proposal for four days. Seems very hard to understand as anything <laughs> other than an attempt Wait, to make it right. harder. Yeah. Wait for right. certain people to vote right exactly really so in exactly. other words the how do the people who proposed that defend uh-huh. there's only a little defense mm-hmm. here there hasn't been that much of a defense no except defense. that they've tried to say 
technically it's just there's a radius of 150 feet oh that technically you know, this ban affects and so it gets into this kind of technicality and that's mm-hmm. where the defense has been no. but the reality is it's going to prevent help assistance and resources from reaching oh. voters who are waiting in line to vote okay so <laughs> can i tell you something this fair coverage here. i have been Incredible. here you guys laugh i have been Incredible. here in the blistering texas heat trying mm-hmm. to vote and i've just been water <laughs> well that was my and first question I, I mean the blistering heat of georgia in november and you're waiting the, on the oh, yeah. side to the, vote where does that happen uh-huh. the, the mm. average temperature in november in georgia is 61 <laughs> degrees why that's blistering, blistering heat. 61 that's blistering, blistering. heat it's really straight right i mean uh, you know, i wish my wife thought that was blistering heat i know geez uh, <laughs> by the way uh it's obviously about like giving away gifts and enticing people. Hey, come here, vote, free pizza. You yeah. know, it's, that's it's about it's... keeping campaign people yep. from doing that. Right. So in oh the law gosh. specifically, it says mm-hmm. self-service water from an unattended receptacle to an elector is allowed. So you is can, allowed. You'd have to walk to get it yourself or oh you'd my have gosh. to walk to get it from a third party. The third party can still do it, but they have to be 25 feet away from the line I can't and be 150 carried? feet from the building. Can so, I be carried to them? Yeah, is that legal? I don't know. They you didn't. Know? They did not explicitly Look, re, uh, <laughs> deny the. I carrying. mean, I think that the Democrats really need to rethink this because when you're really, really thirsty, like in a desert, and you just need water, you see mirages, and I think that's what's happening to Democratic voters. They look ahead and they're like, "I see a Democratic Party that's going to help us, not destroy us." It's a mirage. You give those people water, they'll vote Republican. (laughs) Well, if you own a timeshare, chances are pretty good here in 2021 that you're ready to get out of it. You probably weren't using it the whole time in the first place. And with COVID, well, that probably drove that number of uses down to zero. Here's the thing. There are quite a few businesses out there that will claim they can get you out of a timeshare. But most of them don't, uh, because most of them don't have a team of attorneys and paralegals whose only job is to get you out legally. This 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 is a group of attorneys. That's it. You know who has that group of attorneys? Timeshare termination team. They're ready to step to the plate and help you. Just call 888-GET-YOU-OUT. 888-GET-YOU-OUT and learn more about their 100% money-back exit guarantee. Call Timeshare Termination Team today. Get the process started. Don't keep putting it off and get stuck with another year's of timeshare that you're not going to use. You'll get 20% off when you terminate your timeshare. 20%. So make sure you tell them that Glenn Beck sent you. It's 1-888-GET-YOU-OUT. 1-888-GET-YOU-OUT. Or visit them online at timeshareterminationteam.com. 100% money-back exit guarantee. Timeshareterminationteam.com. Uh, by the way, if you want to make the world a better place to live, just be able to handle it better. Go to Kexi Cookies, <laughs> Kexi.com, and get some cookies. K-E-K-S-I. They are the best cookies on earth, I will. Best best cookies on earth, and they'll make everything better. Yeah. I mean, they won't, but you'll just feel better after eating them. Kexi.com. Yes, you will. You're going to need them today for this speech, I think. For sure. Two. It's going to be agonizing trillion dollars and this is just the first part mm-hmm. of their spending because there's another two trillion coming for 
uh, climate change. And it's weird to say because we've already had $2 trillion. So I think this would actually be part B, not right. part A. Part A was the, the supposedly COVID stimulus, right? This is a, an infrastructure plan. And then mm-hmm. the next one's supposed to be climate and more social justice stuff. So it's unbel- I, that's four trillion, six trillion altogether, and that's the first in, what three months? Yeah, in the first hundred days, Incredible. you're spending six trillion. So our national debt just went from twenty eight to thirty trillion, with the uh, one point nine trillion dollars they just spent. Now it's going to jump to thirty four trillion. It's really amazing, and and it's going to go up and up and up from there. Wow, uh, the, the congressional budget budget office is already looking at like forty three trillion over the next. Uh, 10 years oh my gosh uh, it's gonna get really ugly uh it's interesting too to, to look at this and because they have the this opportunity of doing the reconciliation thing multiple times like they could basically use last year's and this year's within the same 12 month period it's a weird sort of where they supposedly pork. don't need the 60 votes only in the need Senate. 50 yeah mm-hmm. so anyway you're gonna need some help today watching this watch it along with me and my youtube channel Stu does america go there uh, subscribe and and a little watch along and we're i mean i'm not gonna say um, we're not going to make fun of Joe Biden the entire time uh, because we are. That's what we're going to do to make it tolerable. Uh, okay. so YouTube, Stu Does America. This is the Glenn Beck Program.